This is Social Distance Warriors. It's the podcast that you listen to that tells you no valuable information about the pandemic, but does contain ruminations and opinions and wailing and distress about it, but not valuable pandemic information. Yes. Um. <laughs> I'm Tom. Yeah, I'm Tom. <laughs> and uh, this week, I'm Rachel, and I also contain no valuable information and this week, listener, though you don't know it, um, I am not making eye contact with the video screen we are uh, recording on. I'm having a hard time with this, even though I suggested it. It's funny because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and some of them some of them have recently transitioned to doing Zoom instead of doing it in studio or, or even like instead of Skype or whatever they were using before. So a lot of podcasters are commenting on how strange it is to see one another. <laughs> even if they already saw one another in a studio. Yeah. But it's nice to mix it up, I guess. Yeah, 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 it can be. I know um, I know. whenever the McElroy brothers uh, record one of their podcasts together, they complain a lot about how much they hate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I won't do that. <laughs> okay. Well, um, so uh, how, how's your week been? Uh, I did go to the dentist. That was the defining event of my week. Um, and it went better than I thought. My teeth are clean. How are you expecting it to go? Terrible, terrible. They would take all my teeth and and I would never be able to leave. Mm. Has that happened before? <laughs> no, uh, but it's always a possibility. Mm. So this was my maybe last ever dentist appointment because I lose my um, parents' health insurance in uh, September and I don't have a job right now. So um, I snuck this one in there because I don't know when I'll have dental insurance again. Mm. A train is going by and I'm going to let it go. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I haven't been to the dentist in probably over a year now, which is unusual for me. I used to go every six months. But I, at, when I moved, I didn't, haven't yet found a new dentist. I, 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 I don't know. The interesting thing about like living your entire life in one place sometimes is that you become very loyal to your friendly neighborhood service providers, like the kind of people that you see in a Richard Scarry book, like, <laughs> you know, the butcher and the, the fireman and the dentist and the teacher, all those people with like professions that are easily recognizable to a uh, to a four year old. Because my barber, I had been going to the same family owned barber shop since I was one year old, and I only recently stopped. And I was fretting about having to find a new person up here in my new hometown. But uh, then the pandemic happened, and I decided to just buzz it all off anyway. So that may become a non issue in the future. But with regard to my dentist, I had been uh, going to a family dental practice, which was the um the father of one of my uh, friends from elementary school and then more recently my friend from elementary school became a dentist too and so she was also part of the practice so i feel a peculiar loyalty to them but i ha so i haven't yet been able to you know get around to finding a dentist here but every time i've gone to the dentist i've always been told that i have excellent teeth wow we have very different <laughs> <laughs> experiences yeah it may be the only regard in which my health or physicality has like just been consistently by doctors said like yep no problems you don't need to do anything um i've had i've had dentists tell me like oh I can tell you've been flossing a little more when I sometimes just do not floss at all. Like I will go years without flossing and I've had one cavity in my entire life. And I, that was just a couple of years ago. So, um, I think I'm fine without dentists. Like if they're just going to keep telling me that I'm doing great, then I mean, I can do that for myself. No, I'm still waiting for advances in technology where they make like 
a toothpaste that makes my teeth so strong we uh, get rid of the need for dentists. I'm I'm holding out for that. I guess this skips to our action item for last week, which was <laughs> brush your teeth. Did you brush your teeth? I did. Um, I was more aware of brushing my teeth, so I think I had a higher a higher hit rate mm-hmm. this past week. And, and you also yeah. had them professionally cleaned yeah. by a detailer, a tooth detailer. Um, but are you aware of the uh, massive toothbrushing news that has happened in the past week since we recorded? I, I can't even begin <laughs> to be aware of what this toothbrushing news could be. Please, um, please tell me. Well, I don't know if it's toothbrushing news so much as it's Pokemon news. I, I have no idea. You could be going anywhere <laughs> Well, here's where Anywhere I'm not, with this. I'm going to start with where I'm not going. Um, okay. When I'm where I'm not going. Back when I was a child, around when Pokemon first came out, I was into Pokemon, and my two little sisters were also very into Pokemon, and we would like come up with original characters. Um, usually, like I was more interested in coming up with like original Pokemon trainers and like what would their Pokemon teams be. But my youngest sister liked to come up with fake Pokemon, and she came up with a Pokemon called Toothpaste. And uh, it involved it evolved into toothpaste And at the time, this was like during like Gen 1 and Gen 2, which at which point that seemed like a very silly idea for Pokemon. But the way the Pokemon franchise has gone over the past 10 years, like there's an ice cream cone Pokemon, there's a refrigerator Pokemon, there's a pile of garbage Pokemon. So, I mean, the notion of a toothpaste and toothpaste is is not that, that strange. But um, that's not what I was going for. Um, last week, uh, the Pokemon Company did a um, did like an event where they announced some of their new projects mm-hmm. for the coming year, I guess. One of which is a new Pokemon Snap game that's very exciting to people like me who grew up with a Nintendo sixty four and love Pokemon Snap. But um, they also have a couple of new mobile games. One of which is a toothbrushing app, which is completely free um, and intended, I think, for three or four year olds. <laughs> but I don't think there's any reason you couldn't take advantage of it <laughs> and also yeah also me is so is it like yeah okay well i'm gonna go for that app yeah it's, it, it's like to encourage small children to develop good uh dental hygiene yeah yeah i've heard a lot of like interesting advances in this field <laughs> over the past few years like there are toothbrushing podcasts that you can listen to with your kids that like time out the correct number of minutes like i don't know but um this this is this app is called i feel like i'm shilling for the pokemon company but <laughs> i'm usually shilling for the pokemon company it's like an augmented reality thing where you like point it at yourself and it detects your brushing and it tells you how good you're doing um and then you also have to like it's a game where you have to rescue pokemon by brushing your teeth <laughs> um it's called pokemon smile and it looks pretty Aww. cute it's not something i'm likely to use but um I don't know. I, th- I know you're a fan of Pokemon Go, aren't you? Yeah, although um, I did sadly have to delete it from my phone, so I had enough uh, memory space to download a cicada uh, catching <laughs> app. Uh, so right now I don't have Pokemon Go. I have Cicada Safari. Which is uh, conceptually similar. Which is, yeah, it's just, what if there were only one Pokemon and it was a cicada and you took pictures of it for a uh, university? Hmm. Um, that's 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 more like Pokemon Snap than it is like Pokemon Go. So I've heard. I've never played um, Pokemon Snap. Yeah, it's, but I get uh, the idea. It's it's very exciting. It's I don't know. It's very strange to me to think of the timeline of the Pokemon media franchise in terms of decades. But Pokemon Snap, the original Pokemon Snap, was like twenty years ago. So I guess I've been waiting twenty years for a sequel to it. Because I don't know. I love Pokemon Snap. It was I don't know. It was fun. It was basic, but it was fun. Anyhow. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the toothbrushing news <laughs> that uh, coincides nicely with our uh, our action item. Very nice. Was there another action item? You had an action item to watch um, one of the 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 movie lists. Yeah. 
I did not. I don't know. Part of that may well. I, I don't. I don't mean to tell you why you did not, but part of that <laughs> might be because I took such a long time to post the episode that um, I, di- I didn't give you the link for Ryan Johnson's list of movie musicals. But I don't know. If you've looked at the list, there may be one on there that you've seen before. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I I, I looked it up myself, and um. I, it sounds like this is also a heavy school week week for you. This is also yeah. a, a week of me being um very consumed by schoolwork I need to finish um which doesn't mean I haven't watched things <laughs> it's just I haven't watched certain things and uh that list was one of them I did I did manage to squeeze in time to see all of Watchmen oh. uh this past week but <laughs> Uh, that's different. That just happened. That just happened to me. I didn't choose it. Well, that was, it just happened. That was briefly available for free. Yeah. So this past week was a good time to watch it. Not just because it was available for free, but also because it was very resonant with certain things that were happening in the news, um, especially with regard to uh, the um, Black Wall Street massacre in, what is it, 1921 in Tulsa. Um, that is a sort of cornerstone of that series backstory and also was talked about in the news for the first time in my life. Uh, in the past week or so. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have to admit that I had never heard of it until I saw it in Watchmen, which I think is true of a lot of, I don't know, a lot of white people especially. Yeah. And I, I don't know how the show sort of hit when it first came out, because obviously uh, police brutality was still an issue then, but like it really hit a certain way watching sort of corrupt police systems how how they're explored in that show around this time. Yeah. It's also something I've been thinking a lot about a lot because there are things about it that really resonate with the global pandemic. So even before police brutality became like the thing to talk about. Well, first first of all, there's um, the notion of masks. It's a show about superheroes. And one of the things it does with masks is it kind of like interrogates the cultural connection between the notion of a superhero wearing a mask versus like a member of the KKK wearing a mask. And, you know, it, it kind of made me think about how conceptually similar superheroes are to to the KKK, which sounds like I'm praising the KKK. <laughs> I'm not. I'm denigrating superheroes. Um, but in, in any case, um, that, I, I, I don't know, it, it felt to me at the time when I was watching it, like, like it was very thought-provoking at the time. And now there are even additional layers of resonance because our relationship to masks as a society has just completely transformed in the past few months. Uh, I, read an, I read an interview with... Damon Lindelof, the showrunner of Watchmen, mm-hmm. that in this interview was a recent interview. Um, and one of the things he mentioned was how he had been thinking about how now masks are almost like a team banner in the age of coronavirus, where part of the reason you wear a mask is for the practical effect, but another part of it is like to signal, you know, I'm with you and to signal like a respect for the safety of the people around you. And one of the reasons you would choose to defy the recommendations or requirements to wear a mask is to state that, no, I'm on, I'm on the other team. I'm on Trump's team. I'm on, you know, the red team instead of the blue team. It's 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 interesting. So I, I don't know. I, I have not rewatched that in the past week, but I, it's definitely slated for a rewatch soon. Even though I think I watched it twice during its during its run because it was just so good. But yeah, uh, yeah. I guess thinking pandemic wise, I guess this is a spoiler, but I don't know. It's a superhero genre, so maybe not. Mm-hmm. But uh, at one point, there is a giant squid, <laughs> um, and sort of aftershocks of giant squid uh, mm. hitting a major U.S. city, um, and like that that just felt like that hey that could be that could be a pandemic maybe if we responded uh to the pandemic 
as if it was viscerally the same as like a giant squid hitting your city, maybe things would be different. But it seems like, I guess, even in superhero land, when you respond the same way, yeah, we we could be doing better on both fronts, I feel like. Yeah, the, the squid is actually part of the original comic on which Watchmen is based. Um, for anyone who's listening to this that doesn't know, Watchmen is the name of a like super like important graphic novel um, written by Alan Moore and drawn by David Gibbons uh, from the 1980s that um, tells uh, the story of like an alternate America in the I guess it's in the 80s, uh, in the 1960s through the 80s, really, that uh, has masked vigilantes as like a fixture of of popular culture and, you know, world culture, um, as well as genuine superpowers in some case. Um, And the TV show Watchmen, instead of adapting that, they decided to kind of like make a show that's a sequel to it and in some ways expects you to be familiar with the iconography and like the plot developments and characters of the original, but also kind of functions as its own thing. And I think you went into it without having read the graphic novel. Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah. I went into it and it does not sort of in the beginning give you a lot of context for what is happening. Um, And I tried to watch it with my mom and she like hopped out Mm. after 10 minutes because it it was just too much, too much weird stuff (laughs) for her with no explanation. But yeah, I had had no prior context and I feel like I was able to stick with it enough. Um, But it does not like immediately invite you to understand if you haven't read, I guess, the the prior graphic novel. Yeah. Th- there's a lot of aspects, like you mentioned, of the way people respond to the giant squid. I don't know. They they make me think about the process of reopening. Like there's there's one one of my favorite scenes is a scene where you're seeing focus group testing for an ad that invites people back to New York and <laughs> it's like it's normal now. You don't you don't have to worry. Um, and just like the fact that people are saying that makes it really unnerving and like strange. But yeah, it's like there's the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about uh, being this like, oh, hey, there was a giant squid that wiped out like millions of people 20 years ago. But hey, we rebuilt it. There's uh, and now the only squid we have is with a little bit of lemon and it's calamari. And <laughs> when I'm thinking about like what our future is going to be. I think a lot about that. Yeah. And so the show, very, very, like, graphically violent uh, in a way that I, it's clear from, like, I mean, like, five minutes in, you are, you're witnessing uh, the Tulsa massacre. So it's like, that is the sort of standard. But the way that trauma and, like, generational trauma, like, from those, some of those violent effects is really treated as significant. I, I, I don't think, like, obviously you're not going to have, like, a company or or a city do, like, a commercial for, like, handling your trauma, but I feel like <laughs> that that is also a really big thing that we're in right now and is going to be with us for a while that no one really knows how to talk about quite yet. Uh, mm. we're still feeling. Um, have you ever seen This Is My Milwaukee? I have not. This Is My Milwaukee is a YouTube video that is a favorite of mine that I will link in the show notes. It's part of an alternate reality game put on by a company called Cynodyne, who were the people who were later responsible for the big project that involved pronunciation book and horse ebooks, and uh, ultimately Bear Stearns Bravo was the thing that came out of it. Uh, horse ebooks is probably the most well-known part of that, the Twitter account that tweeted 
fun nonsense. But anyhow, This Is My Milwaukee is a, um, it's a video that purports to be a video by the Milwaukee Tourism Council, like along the lines of that ad in Watchmen, the ad for New York City, only this is for Milwaukee. I know it's actually filmed in New York City, actually. I think it was filmed mostly in like Brooklyn. So there's no genuine Milwaukee-ness to it. But it also is like, come come back to Milwaukee. It's normal now. And like it's uh it starts off kind of like, oh, this is like a tourism video for Milwaukee, but you gradually get it peels back the layers of like, oh, there's something deeply sinister happening here. Um like something like that was the way I was receiving it. I don't know if the intention with creating it was like a fantasy situation that we wouldn't ever find ourselves in. Mm. Whereas now it just reads as like weirdly prescient. Like we're now we're now kind of living through a global catastrophe in a way that that I never expected to have to live through. Or at least not the kind of catastrophe. Like climate change is probably gonna probably gonna destroy a lot of people too. It's just gonna do it very slowly. Yeah. yeah. So this is a question out of nowhere. Uh, but one, are you still playing uh, Animal Crossing with any regularity? Uh, yes, I'm still checking in once a day at least. Um, but I feel like I've done most of the things I wanted to do in the game. And there's like one long term project that I'm still working on that involves breeding flowers so that requires me to log in and water flowers and move them around once a day. So I'm spending at least like 20 minutes in the game every day. Okay. My follow up question is Does Animal Crossing. It seems to have like a turnip-based economy. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> uh, how how is that treating you, and what does it mean uh, as far as your understanding? So, a feature in the uh, Animal Crossing games since the beginning, in all the main series games, probably not like the mobile game, is that every Sunday you play what's called the stock market, and it's like turnip, turnip stocks instead of stocks. Mm-hmm. And there's this old boar woman named Sow Jones, like Dow Jones, but she's a sow. Uh, only in this game, it's now her granddaughter, Daisy May instead of Fannie Mae. Wow. That, um, yeah, okay, anyhow. Okay. Um, but the way, the way this works is um, on Sunday, you buy as many turnips as you want. And they're priced 80 to 90 bells, bells being the, I think it's actually 90 to 110, somewhere between 90 and 110 bells, uh, that being the game's currency. So 90 to $110, essentially. And so that happens on Sunday morning. And everyone in every town has that ability to purchase those. Then the next day, from Monday through uh, Saturday, every day, the store in your town offers a different price for turnips. So they say, oh, today we're buying turnips at... 80 bells, or today we're buying turnips at 130 bells or whatever. So depending on when you bought them versus when you sold them and what price they had at the different times, you can turn a profit. And I don't know, for me in those games in the past, that has never been a major thing because it's not really worth the effort I've found because usually like you'd buy them and then your prices would just go in the toilet and you have to get rid of them within the week because they all go bad by... Sunday morning. Okay. So that is generally what turnips, like the featured Animal Crossing is. With this new game, because there's so many online features, it has become a whole different ball game to the point where this has become like the primary economic driver of your finances in the game because you don't have to rely on just the turnip prices in your own town. You can rely on the turnip prices in every town that you have potential access to through the internet. Like every day, everyone's turnip prices are randomized. I don't think it's actually strictly random. I think it's determined by some kind of weird algorithm. But um, there, there will come a day where you have a very small chance of getting like a $500, $600 turnip price. So you can sell them for like five times as much as you made. So what a lot of people have started doing 
is by buying them in huge quantities and then just waiting for a friend or a friend of a friend or a friend of a friend to say, I've got a huge turnip spike. Everyone come to my town. And then they keep their town open. Then people can come visit and sell their turnips for huge profits to the point where after you've done this once or twice, money becomes no object to you in the world of Animal Crossing. You've probably already gotten more money than uh, you can usefully use in the game. So one of the things that happened when the game was at the height of its popularity, I think the I think people have dropped off playing in the past month or two, but people who had high turnip selling prices on their island would like hire bouncers like other players to come in and like block the route so that only certain people can go in at certain times and it's like all right if you want to come sell your turnips on my island you have to leave a tip for me like you got to give me a little cut off the top and you won't be allowed to proceed until you've given me that that cut so they like block the way and prevent you from proceeding through the town so i don't know it's it became like a, a lot of aspects of this game are just like features that exist in the game that have been like completely taken to the next level by online communities, like talking about the game and building like communities and ways to like spread the news where like, I heard, I heard Jeffy's got $600 a turnip. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're a billionaire. This was, yeah, this was exactly <laughs> what I was hoping for. Uh, going, going deep enough into the animal crossing turnip stock stock market. Because all I all I see is just the frantic messages outside on the outside on the other side where people are just naming random prices of their turnips. I don't think I've had any. I I haven't had. Well, I haven't been paying much attention to the turnip prices because, like I said, I I've, I feel like I've done most of what I want to do in the game. What I'm what I'm now working on doing is, um, if you have certain flowers and you put them next to one another, you can get a different flower. Like for instance, if you have a red, a red rose and a white rose next to one another, it might, there's like a 5% chance that it'll spawn another flower. And there's a 25% chance that that flower will be a pink rose. So I'm just like buying up all the red roses and all the white roses and putting them next to each other and watering them all and then waiting uh, for the next day to see if a pink one comes up and like i've actually already got pink that's one of the first ones i got but there's like dozens of different like hybrid flowers so that's all i've been doing really is i've been logging in um watering my flowers looking for hybrid combinations and like the rarest one is the blue rose and you have to do like a 10 generation breeding plan it's like like dog breeding or something where you you have to like um it, 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 t- it takes forever to get them and i'm still you know i've been working for i want to say like three months to get these and i still haven't gotten them but i'll get there someday i'm, I'm almost there I think one generation, like seven or eight. And now flower, flower breeding, does that have any profit or is it more about, um, got to catch them all, like got to breed all the flowers? For me, it's, it's personal satisfaction. Got to catch them all. Like it, (laughs) it started because I wanted the default roses you can buy, you can buy red, yellow, and white, but then it's fairly easy to breed them to get, you know, purple and, uh, black and orange and pink. And so I decided, you know, I think my town will look better, like like for the beautification of my town. Mm-hmm. So I've been uh, breeding those flowers. But like once I started, I couldn't stop. And then I had to come up with an organized plan to get every variety of every flower in the game. And I've got many of them. I think within within the next couple of weeks, I will have locked down all of the different versions of every flower except for roses. Um, but roses might take me another month or so. It's a very exciting game for people who like chores. I actually, I, I've been finding, I, I, I don't know, I, I have always really liked video games that give me mindless chores to do. Like um, the game I've been spending more of my time on recently is uh, a Japanese role-playing game called Xenoblade Chronicles. And that game has hundreds of like different side quests, which are just like, go kill one of these monsters. Or like, I need you to find eight of these 
radishes for me or whatever. And so like these are mindless tasks that are just literally fetch quests. You just walk over and go find them and then come back. But there's something soothing to me about about spending my time that way, even if it's, um, you know, even if my life is slipping past past me before my eyes. Yeah. Still how I, how I choose to spend it. <laughs> I... I haven't been furloughed. Hey. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mentioned uh, last time that some people in my office were going to get furloughed. And my department, which is 40 people, out of that 43 people have been furloughed. Like I haven't been and no one on my team was. And I don't actually know who those three people were who was furloughed because they didn't tell me. Mm. And so, I don't know. It, we're not all in an office space together, so people can vanish without me noticing. But, yeah, so I don't um, – but, yeah, that is – so that's kind of the resolution to that cliffhanger. That's good, I guess. Yeah, to have a little more uh, security. It is. It is. Yeah, I had been kind of stressing about it, but now I don't have to. I just have to stress about school. Oh, what a thing! Have you ever like? I don't know what the how the Affordable Care Act like aligned with when you were like quote unquote coming of age. But was there ever a time where like you were not insured and? Or you were not on a person's plan, but an adult, but not insured? Or um, did it align correctly for you? I have always had health insurance. Yeah, I'm lucky enough that I have always had health insurance. I, I basically, right after college, I started working at that college, and they had a pretty good health care plan. So mm-hmm. long before I needed to, I was off my uh, parents' health insurance plan and onto my own employer plan. When I switched jobs from my old job to my current job in um, like September of last year, um, there was a gap in coverage. So like, I I think I had like a month and a half where I didn't have insurance. And technically, I don't think that's legal. Like, I'm supposed to have insurance. Like, you're supposed to get health insurance. And there's a program called COBRA, which is for like filling those gaps. Um, But it's expensive. And I'm like, I think I can probably get away without doing this. So... I'm just not going to have health insurance. I'm just going <laughs> to tell my therapist, all right, see you in a month and a half, which yeah. I don't know, that it more or less worked out. I mean, that was a stressful month and a half because of changing jobs. Like I had been at my previous employer for about 10 years, which it was my school. So leaving it was a very stressful thing for me. So uh, maybe I should have had therapy during that time. But, you know, it, it all it all turned out great. Well, or I don't know. It's all it's all turning out how it's turning out. Yeah. When my sister, she like aged out of my parents' plan much younger because the Affordable Care Act was not existing. She did COBRA before, uh, I think, joining the Peace Corps. And then like they they do health insurance, sort of. Uh, But we have a weird way of doing health care. What is your plan with regard to finding a job? I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You are not you are not the first and will not be the last uh, to ask me that. Um, well, you're certainly not accountable to tell me. I'm just I'm, curious. Yeah, I'm like really unable to think for at least the next few weeks because I have school that I am like I won't be able to graduate uh, at the end of this month, but I want to complete that sort of chapter of responsibilities. And then, I mean, I will be applying for jobs and see what happens um, because I have a few months mm. until September, which is when I will age out. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more remote jobs Yeah, in the, in the coming years. Good. I, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, pr- it's probably good I'll for a it. lot of people. Yeah. So are you going to be on Cobra or, or I, <laughs> are you just going to skate by without it? <laughs> I'll, 
All I think about when I hear Cobra is um, the Snake Doctor Who one, the Colony Snarf. Colony Sarf. I love Colony Sarf. Colony Sarf. Yeah. Like I don't. Maybe, but I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't voluntarily want to want to put my uh, care of my health <laughs> into Colony Sarf. <laughs> uh, but we'll see what has to happen. In my previous job, well, in both my previous job and my current job, my my um, role has been to like administer the database of the university. And that includes student records. Well, it's mostly alumni records that I work with, but the database itself also includes student records and faculty and staff records. Um, so like human resources stuff. And in my previous job, I had access to like a control panel that said like, okay, what kind of data does each person have? Like this person has a student record and a like and a, an employee record because they are both a student and an employee, like things like that. And on that dashboard, there was a uh, checkbox called Cobra person. <laughs> and so a person could be indicated there as a Cobra person or not a Cobra person, which uh, it's under the... Uh, human resources benefits category. So like presumably that has something to do with whatever records the school needs to keep with regard to Cobra. But it has always just delighted me that uh, everyone in the database is flagged as either being or not being a Cobra person. And I was not a Cobra person, but many people were. What a, yeah, fun amount of information. Mm-hmm. Do we want to put any other action items out there? Well, I went to the dentist, so I never need to brush my teeth again. So we don't. <laughs> not uh, even if it, not even if Pokemon need rescuing, and the only way you can even, rescue oh them God. is to is to brush your teeth. Only in extreme uh, situations uh, such as that will it become necessary. Only under extreme Pokemon duress. Yes, um, but otherwise, I don't. I don't think I have an action item. I think my action item would be to watch the HBO series Watchmen. Or to read the graphic novel Watchmen, or to do both. I don't know. It's a lot. Both of them is a lot for like a week. But Watchmen is no longer freely available, except I think the first two episodes are freely available still. And um, you can always get like a 14 day free trial of HBO Max or one of HBO's many streaming services. It has a lot of streaming services, and I don't understand why. Um, but yeah, that's the action item that I recommend. It's good stuff. Yeah, I support it. Uh, my dad and I were able to watch the whole show because it's only nine episodes in in about two days. So it can go pretty quick. I think that's that's it for this week then. All right. So I guess uh, we will end as we end every episode by staying distant. And going the distance. 